Mr. Barry, welcome to Juice This. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Who are you speaking from? And then tell us what you do. I'm speaking from Abuja, Nigeria. I'm a visual artist. I paint with various mediums, charcoal, oil, acrylic. Yeah. Yeah. And then how long have you been an artist for? Um, I would say since 2017. The rest of the world would know me as an artist since 2020. But I've been practicing, I've been working on myself since 2017. Okay. What was the three-year hold before you practicing full-time? It wasn't a hold. It was just prior to my breakthrough. It was just a period before my breakthrough as a, as a visual artist, you know. I've been working and, you know, being in school and dropping out until... 2020 when it all happened for me and you know i started getting some traction um during the the pandemic i started getting some traction on my works and um that has really been the story but prior to that time i've always been practicing and painting and learning yeah yeah so when you say you 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 were working and then you dropped out of school what's the story there I finished my diploma, that was 2016, and then I was working at an eatery and I was making pizza and shawarma for the restaurant and then it got shut down so I lost my job and I was staying all by myself with nothing to do and there was boredom so I decided to start drawing. You know, I was drawing my friends and families and I found out that I could do more with drawing than than just gifting people, just making a sketch of them and gifting it to them. 2018, I met a friend of mine, and he's a fellow artist in Abuja. He introduced me to the art community in Abuja here, Enoch Jr. And he introduced me to his uh, art group, Asaden, I Can Draw Africa. And they, you know, would put you up in exhibitions here in, in the country. And 2018 to 2019, I'd already been in like close to 12 exhibitions already. I don't know how that happened. But in Abuja, um, in Abuja here, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm someone who just keeps pushing. No matter how hard it gets, I just keep pushing. You know, a lot of times I, I would have people tell me, you just chill, this, this stuff isn't really working for you. You know, you just have to focus on school. Um, I kept at it, but just to make my parents happy, I had to now further my education. So 20, ending of 2018, 2019, I furthered into Federal University of Technology, Mina, in Nigeria here. But school was hard, and then I had to drop out 2019. Why did you drop out? School was really tough. I had no money. You know, I couldn't take care of myself in school. And I also realized that I was going to be giving the government, you know, five years of my life. And I come from a country where, you know, having a good education doesn't determine if you become something at all, you know. And I told myself, if I give five years into anything I'm doing, you know, into my craft, into arts, at least I would be getting something from it. 
So I I dropped out. I called my mom one day. Uh, I told her I'm dropping out of school, and it was a very disappointing thing for everyone in the house. But it was a decision I had to make for myself. I needed to make because yeah. it almost couldn't work. I was just in school. You know, when you're suffering so much, you can't learn anything. And okay. I came back and I put all my energy full time into art. That was um, ending of 2019. I was working on this um, series of paintings that I did from school. I brought them back home and I just continued. Early 2020, a friend of mine just texted me and said, "Yo." Barry, this lady from U.S. is trying to get in contact with you. She asked if I can send you her my number. And I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he did that. She contacted me and told me she wanted having me for the Harlem Finals shows in the U.S. And I was like, okay, I would um, be happy to, you know, participate. So I went and I asked a few of my friends and uncles who, what do they think about this? Because I've never exhibited outside. A few said, oh, you know, you have to be careful because, you know, you don't know who this person is. They could steal your work. Actually, yeah. I was like, if anybody is really interested in stealing my work, it means my work is good enough, right? <laughs> so, so that's a win-win. I, I, I didn't really care about the money or anything. I was just interested in someone seeing my work. And um, I didn't even have money. I had to go lend some money to ship the work. And when the show started, the second day of the show, my works were sold. You know, it was very shocking. The lady called me and told me, yo, these works are gone. But, you know, people keep coming and asking for more and asking to buy the same works that are gone and there's none available. And she said, someone came and asked her that if she could sell one particular painting to him, he's buying every other piece in the booth. And I'm like... I've never had this experience in my life because in all the numbers of exhibitions I've had in Nigeria, I would hear people tell me, um, your work is beautiful, but we can't hang someone's face on our wall, you know. And I am not an abstract artist. I don't think I can ever be an abstract artist. I enjoy painting figures. That is who I am. You know, it wasn't about what is selling or what is not. It's just what I wanted to do. You know, and I told her that, well, whoever has bought the work has bought the work. I'm not ready to go back and forth because all I was even looking for was just for people to see the work in the first place. And then it got sold, you know. And she said, oh, that's fine that um, she, she, she will go with what I said. And it later happened that the, one of the persons that bought the work became my manager and um, started to, you know, push me, push my works out. And, you know, I was also pushing my works on Instagram. You know, I would paint and post. I started getting traction. But that was the first time I ever sold my painting for anything. And it's been a, it's been a rule ever since. Yeah, that's such an incredible story. And it, it, it seems to happen in a very short amount of time, over three years. Yeah. 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 It, it is actually interesting how much can happen within a short period of time. Even a year. You know, most people just see a year like it's something very small. But I know how far I have gone, you know, career-wise and 
even in the crafts, you know, what I'm able to create right now is very different from what I could create just last year. You see, so we are ever evolving and once you just have an open mind, you see how much you can achieve within a short period of time. Yeah. How do you go from working at a restaurant, making pizza and then dropping out of school and then like having a thriving art career? I honestly would say it's a miracle, but one of the things that really pushed me was the fact that I was chasing purpose. I needed, I needed something that I could do for my soul. One would feel very empty if there is nothing he looks forward to. You know, so being able to create, and I know that painting was something that was mine. Nobody could take that from me. You know, nobody could come and say, Barry, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you will never be able to paint. That is something I would always and forever be able to do. You know, so, and I also figured out early that I would never fit into a corporate space. Because before I was working at the eatery, I was managing the storeroom. So I was doing all the record keeping and I fumbled greatly. But they had to now move me. <laughs> they had to move me to where I could be making things. And I, that was the first time I realized how powerful I was. That all I needed to do was just work with my hands. I could make close to 16 shawarma just in an evening. And it was just very easy for me. I picked up in a week. You know, I was so good at this and... I was able to get more clients for them or more customers rather for them. So I, I just, the moment I found art, I didn't care how long it took me. I didn't know it was going to be in, within a short period of time, but I didn't care how long it took me to get to where I was going to. I just knew that I needed to get there. So every day I focused on growth. I just kept, you know, improving. I kept asking questions. In fact, I, back then I would bug people that I, that I felt were ahead of me. I would ask questions. I told some guy <laughs> on Instagram, he was tired of me. He said, yo, bro, you have to chill, okay? I can't give you everything. Are you in any art group? I said, no, I'm not in any art group. And he said, okay, I will put you into an art group. He put me into the art group uh, on WhatsApp. It's called Draw Addicts. And I bought them. I became even better than anybody in the group. <laughs> And the group later wasn't even able to help me grow. I started teaching people in the same group till I left. So I just felt like it was really my mindset. I was so excited about art because it was my thing. It was mine. And I kept pushing it. So within a short period of time, I grew so fast. And people just felt like, oh, okay, this thing came easy for this person. But it was a lot of sleepless nights. You know, most nights I don't sleep. I just think of how to become better. And that was it. When you say most nights you don't sleep, uh, can you give me like a practical example of what that looked like? Well, what I mean by most nights were sleepless nights, because the thing is, being a young painter from Nigeria, Nigeria doesn't have a system that supports young artists. Or back then it never did. So I realized that I had to work twice as hard as anybody to get noticed, to be seen, right? I can remember a lot of times I took my works to galleries and I would get straight no's. You know, in Nigeria here, it's straight no's. 
I knew I had to work really hard. There was no ultimatum or server. There was no deadline or server, but I was just so desperate to learn. I would paint, you know, in Nigeria, we have um, issues with lights. Um, we had the experience the last time here. Um, I would paint during the day. I would paint until my body starts shaking. I would paint into the night. To even go and pee feels like I was wasting time. And that was how desperate I was. For some reason, I couldn't control it, you know. And that's what I mean by sleepless night. I would paint into the night, and when there's no light, I'll pick up a torchlight or my phone light and paint. Why? You know? Why? Why were you so given to paint? What were you painting for? I, if I say there is a reason, I honestly, um, I will just, um, I, I may say something that doesn't make sense. But the truth is. If you were born to do something, you honestly have no control over it. There is absolutely nothing you can do to stop yourself from doing it. I found out and realized that this was what I was supposed to be doing. And at that point, art conquered me. I literally wasn't myself anymore. I promise you, I had my parents sit me down to tell me, you have to chill. This thing, it may not work out, but you have to chill. And I just knew that <laughs> if death could find me, death could find me painting, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is it. Whatever, whatever I, 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 you know, whatever the circumstances may be, whether I become successful in this or not, it should find me painting. And I just wanted to give it my best. You know, because I know that at some point when we are gone, all that will be remembered will be how much or how hard we went. You know, the drive and whatever pushed us. And to me, it was just something I couldn't control. I just needed to paint to save myself. I also was suffering a lot of depression and, and art, in fact, added more pain to me. But in some ways, it liberated me. Because at every point, I felt like I achieved a step. I felt better. Yeah. What do you mean you were suffering from depression? What was happening in your life at that time? As I then, I just didn't know the purpose for life. You know, I, I didn't even know why I was here in the first place. I didn't know. You know, I feel once someone doesn't really know what um, he can offer in this realm, you just not understand why you are here. So that took me on, you know, different rides of depression. I kept asking myself, you know, what's the point of all this? And, you know, without purpose also comes great loneliness. You know, right now I won't say, I won't call it loneliness. I just enjoy my own company because I'm always by myself creating. Um, as compared to back then, I was doing absolutely nothing with myself. You know, and there are also responsibilities on the other hand. So all of those things, you know, just um, made me so depressed and I couldn't. That was the only thing I could hold on to that really made meaning. Yeah. What was inspiring you to create? For my work, after I realized, the, you know, how powerful art is, because if you, if you look at most of my paintings, they're just pieces of myself from my past, 
the present or what I hope to see tomorrow, right? And those are the things I paint. But I also love painting those stories of my neighbors, my friends, because I believe that their stories are also my story. As a Nigerian, you can relate to almost everything that has happened to someone else. I don't know if that makes sense, but that is the absolute truth. And um, I, I was really interested in painting stories. I am a full-time storyteller. And these figures interest me. I'll give example, the current body of work I'm working on right now, which is supposed to be for my next solo show, in loving memory of love, just dates back to different experiences I've had, you know, as a kid, my parents, you know, and I just call people, you know, model these and I paint that. But I love to also work with individuals I'm familiar with, really, because it helps me express it better. So these are the things that really inspire me. And then over time, um, I realized that I could also break down stereotypes with my work. And if you look at my paintings closely, you find out that um, I have taken out the black skin color and I have replaced it with um, bronze or golden tone to it. Because I figured that as a black man, anywhere you go into this world, and it's a personal experience I've had, is your identity. And all that will remain your identity is your skin color. And all of this is just years and years and years and years and years of misinterpretation or misinformation. I, on my, on my end, I'm trying to rewrite that, change that. So when I paint and it's a bronze skin or bronze value you see on the subject and it's being placed in the house or in the museum, whoever comes there and sees that understands that, oh, that's a portrait of a black person, right? But it's not black. You know, it means it could be anything. It could be, um, you know, uh, just to make it better. The bronze figure is also, is very close to royalty in the Nigerian scene. You know, yeah. back in time, only the royals could really afford, afford it. And so they would make um, portraits of themselves or sculptures of themselves or whatever it is that wants to be in the palace or their homes. It's tied to royalty. And so I like to express that so that when you see it, it questions your ideology of what a black person is almost immediately. And um, yeah. so that is the general narrative behind my works and the brown skin attached to my works. But under that, you know, under sub, with the sub-stories, I like to also address certain issues, you know, social issues, uh, political you know, the ones that affect me even close at home here. So, yeah. In terms of the bronze skin that you use, how did you get the idea for it? The bronze skin, of course, now it has a whole new meaning. But most of the paintings I've made or ideas I came about came from a place of lack. The first time I ever attempted bronze skin was way back, just right after I dropped out of school. I came back home and I ran out of paints. The only colors I had was the yellow paint, the brown paint, and the orange paint. And then I just realized that, okay, one was darker and the other was lighter. So I just kept painting and painting and painting. And when I was done, I just realized that 
these colors gave a golden sheen to the figures. So um, it came out of lack because I didn't have money to buy paints. I was just working with what I had. Um, so yeah. in fact, um, the, the, the previous body of work I was working on, which I was using coffee, charcoal and coffee on canvas to paint, I was using coffee because I couldn't afford paint. So it's easy to just yeah. <laughs> it's easy to just go to the store and just get um, 30 naira coffee, you know, and um, just splash it over my canvas. So I was just wow. creating out of, you know, the things that were just around me because I couldn't afford paint. <laughs> so that was it. But I after I did the bronze and thing, I abandoned it and you know I was chasing other body of works until at some point I realized that okay, this idea I touched back then was really um you know was more me because I feel like anything you you come about when you're at your lowest, right, is very genuine to you. So yeah. I I decided to pick it up and explore it even more. And the more I painted through the medium and explored the style, it it gave me more meaning. You know, it helped me to create um, a stronger narrative around it because while I was painting, I was also living in the situations I was trying to address. So um, I'll give an example. There was a time I was traveling to Greece and I stopped through Istanbul. And we're trying to board into the plane, just like every other person I was on the line. When it got to my turn, I was stopped and searched. You know, not because of anything, because every other person on that line was just a white person. But I looked like, oh, I could be carrying something. So I was stopped and searched. And it has nothing to do but stereotype. You know, yeah. you don't care who I am. You don't even care if I'm a genius. You don't care if I have... Um, a formula that will change the world, right? The first thing you see and you notice is I may be dangerous because I'm black. So I was painting with this medium and realizing that I could also use it to address certain issues that would make even the world I'm living in better, if not for myself, you know, for the next generations to come. Yeah. So, so what, what has the experience been like after you've settled with this style? Um, how has that influenced the perception of how people view your work? Um, so far, what I would say is most people really see me as an artist that really does what he really wants to do. Because by the time I changed into, I switched into this current um, um, body of work, the bronze people, I did that, I stopped that when black figures, you know, start black um, figures was a trend, you know, and um, a lot of galleries I was working with, curators told me, no, we want the black stuff, you know, give us the start black figures. And for me, I felt like every artist be doing what they, they want to be doing, right? But I'm the painter here, I know what I want for myself. And... I want to create something that liberates and exalts my people. You know, every other artist has a reason why they are painting stark black figures. And I also had a reason why I was painting stark black figures as well. Right? But at this point in time, I don't want to continue that narrative. I don't want to keep showing people 
what they want to see. I want to paint my people how I see them. You know, I got laid off by a lot of galleries and I told myself, well, that is it, but I would always do this thing that feels right to me, you know. And gradually, the market began to, you know, come back and started appreciating the fact that I was doing this. And, you know, the story, you know, was getting clearer to them. And um, I, I won't say I'm at a spot where I feel, you know, my work should really be, but I never stop. That is one thing with me. I keep pushing until the whole world hears what I have to say or see the stories I have to paint. You see, I don't care whoever wants what from me. If you want to paint anything, if you want to see anything in my painting, pick up a brush and paint. As long as I'm the artist, I will paint what I feel the world needs from me. And that is what will continue. Yeah. And then what's the main message you want to share with the world through your work? First of all, is that there are lots of faces that you don't believe exist, but actually do. My first solo show, Behold Sons People, was just me introducing um, these faces to the world. But I mean, a lot of people live back here in Nigeria that don't even own a passport. Most of them don't even, you know, don't even know what tomorrow is for them. I was painting my laundryman, my gardener, and my house help. I was just painting people that I felt like may never get a chance to be seen. And currently, I believe those works are in, you know, wonderful homes or foundations right now. That is the first. The second is to also help you or, you know, help the rest of the world destroy the bias, you know, towards our people, really. Because I feel like there is a lot to us than just what our skin color skin color is and it goes beyond anything that can be defined with just words to me i have to paint it right and that's why most of the works in my first solo show was just stack portraits a few people said oh why don't you add flowers here and there just to make it you know look better it's it's a large portrait and it's almost not marketable you know and i'm like i'm not trying to make you <laughs> make it easy for you to see i want you to see I don't need you to see with distractions. I want you to see us. So I painted black people, large portraits of black people, and I showed it. I really didn't know if my works were going to sell. In fact, I was having a back and forth with the gallery I did the show with, and I told him, look, just show my work. That is all you have to do. Forget about all these things you are asking for. The world does not know they need my work until they see it. And guess what? The first day the work previewed, that was before the day before the show opened, all the work sold out. Wow. You see? So you're pre-opening. Yeah, all the work sold out. He called me and told me all the works were sold out. He said I was a stubborn man, but he was happy I was stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All the work sold out, and he said there was only one work that was left. And before the evening, um, you know, was done, he called and told me, oh, that was gone too. You know, and I just believe it deeply in myself that 
this is what I have to do. And the world doesn't know they need it till they see it. And truth is, once they see it, they understand, oh, what the hell has this been, right? Why haven't I encountered this person before? And that is how it's always been for me. That is how I see my work. Yeah. So how do you create from that gut feeling, knowing what to do? How do you capture that on canvas? Um, so I, I am someone that, you know, I, I have, um, my mind is kind of almost photographic once it comes to um, what I want to paint. I could have an idea and it would be in my mind for two years and it doesn't leave. Most artists would have to make a sketch or keep it down just to remember it. I would have it always at the back of my, it doesn't matter if it's 10 or 20, I would always remember them. So I, the more I keep to exist and live, your country will happen to you, your friends will happen to you, family will happen to you. You know, you experience realities, you experience personalities, you experience people's experience. Because I have a general narrative of what I want to do, it's easy for ideas to just fall in. You know, because, okay, this is what I'm trying to address. I give an example. I give an example. Let's say I'm trying to, yeah, because I'm trying to paint works that exalt our African um, people, and I just step out, maybe I'm driving, and then I see a lady with a basket on her head. You know, it's easy for me to figure out what I want to do with just what I've uh, experienced. You know, so that's how it works for me. Once it's time, I don't necessarily have to call the person or whatever. I just get someone that is close to me and I'm like, yo, come, I have this idea. I need you to sit this way for me or stand and hold this for me. You know, I just suppose a lot of things around and then I capture and, and I go and paint the idea. And that's how it really works. Yeah. And what has the experience been so far with your family? Well... I would say everyone is just thankful that I kept doing what I was doing. Um, it's not easy because when, when family advises you to, oh, why don't you focus on this other thing? It comes from a place of love, if we're being frank. Yeah. You know, they're just being worried and they don't want to lose your way. But it's also your responsibility to know what exactly your way is you know, what you want to follow. And at that point, it may be really hard for you and your family, but eventually everyone will come around. You know, you would also come around. And um, the experience has been a tough one, I would say, but it's been beautiful because regardless, nobody has been here for me more than my family. You know, they've looked out for me. They've been here for me, supported me. Even when it looked like, oh, this man is wasting his time, <laughs> they were still here, you know, and that is the best part of it. Right now, I prioritize my family above everything. That's been the experience. Yeah. And Barry, how did you protect your dream even back when people did not see where you were going with this, even back when things were very tough, things were very challenging? How did you keep yourself going? Okay, so um, I'm also one person that loves the challenge. Um, and someone says, yo, this is not going to happen for you. You best believe it's going to happen for me. That's how it is. 
And I also think it's because I, I have um, uh, that mindset and it has helped me because I hate to see disbelief in people's faces for me. Once you have disbelief for me, something in me drives me to want to prove to you that I can do it. You know, um, most people say, oh, that's a very petty way to look at things. But for me, I don't care really if it helps you grow. Whatever helps you grow, you know, let it fuel your vision, right? Um, some people would say, oh, um, um, you know, just because I want to do this, that's what fuels me. Good for you. For me, I've, I've had a lot of ugly experiences with, um, with people, and especially as regards what I'm doing. Art and one of my greatest strengths or motivation that has helped me preserve this thing up to this point is the fact that someone somewhere thought it wouldn't be possible. And it kept me going, just realizing that there is a chance I could make it work. So you were just going off hope and then you were going off the belief in yourself that definitely you're going to make it work. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a crazy gamble because if it didn't work, I'll be deep shit right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know. I believe God has a plan for everyone. And at somewhere, somehow... Something spoke to me and told me this was it. And he said, I do this for 200 years. If I have 200 years, that's not do it at all. So I just, I just kept at it. Yeah. I think that's the thing about showing up, like you said, consistently on a daily basis. The world will sort of like arrange things for things to just fall in place for you, right? Because I believe that I've come to, I've come to see how the world works that if every day you show up, that thing that you want is also moving towards you. Yes, very true. So, regardless, is this a matter of timing? Okay. Because regardless, you are, go- you are going to keep showing up and regardless, the-, the things that need to come together will come together. That is it. Um, yeah. I like to believe that whatever forces that are out there that prevents us from achieving our goals... The only thing they don't have above us is patience. And patience is something we humans can attain. And once you are patient enough to have it in your mind that you are ready to go the mile and more for this thing, whatever forces that are out there that are supposed to prevent you from achieving your goals, immediately just give it up. It it really has to do with you and what you plan for yourself like whatever it is i've always known it didn't really have to be art it could be even the restaurant thing i was doing as long as i kept at it i would be successful in it yeah do you think there there are really forces there that are trying to uh, (laughs) so i I would explain this to you uh um when i say forces i'm not talking of anything um spiritual so personal experience as a nigerian there there are no parameters out there for an artist like myself to be successful i literally became successful from instagram you know 
I got discovered from Instagram. Back at home, nobody really cared what I was doing. No gallery. I, and it's not like I didn't show up. I showed up with my works. Yo, this is what I'm doing. You know, I am working really hard. I can work. I can paint. I am, you know, talented. I didn't study this in school even, you know. But there's no support system. There is no way <laughs> back then, before now, because now, you know, with the traction black art got, you know, everybody wants to own a gallery and show one black artist or the other. But before then, there was almost nothing a young artist like myself would do. They rather have the old names, rather show the old names over and over again, right? So that's what I'm saying. If you keep doing what you're doing, one way or the other, you know, those doors will be open. Yeah. Yeah. And then you speak of challenging times. What were some of the challenging times that you had to overcome? Oh, goodness. It's... Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I've one of the ones I never want to ever experience is um is the number of no's I had to get to this point. I told you in in Abuja I've been to close to fifteen exhibitions which I never sold a piece. I would lend money, frame my works myself, take them to this exhibition. Um, venues and you know I would stand there sometimes I wouldn't have anything to eat I would explain my work from morning to night and people would just come oh this is the artist you're doing a wonderful job <laughs> but we can't buy this they would rather go and buy an abstract piece right and I don't blame any Nigerian we are not we are not that way it was just unfortunate that at, at the time I, I became an artist all I could do was figurative you know, and I don't blame anybody for not buying my work. They just didn't understand it, which is fine. But I never stopped. I would go and go again. If it doesn't work, I would go again. I'm saying in Abuja, there's, there was almost no show I wasn't at. I, you see me every time with my paintings on my head because I didn't even own a car. I would be moving them from one um, taxi to the other. Until it was a really dark period and but I also tangled for all the opportunities that were coming that still didn't work out because it gave me the next stepping stone the fact that I was looking forward to one breakthrough from every show I I attended kept me going till I got here imagine I was never taking those steps you know imagine I gave up at some point and said yo this thing really isn't working I have to just quit imagine I really stopped. I probably would have, I don't know. I don't know what I would have been doing by now, but I am glad all those opportunities came that didn't work. I'm glad they happened to me. It was really dark, but it really were part of the experiences that brought me here. Yeah. Just on the aspect, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you just give up at some point? Why didn't you just move on when it wasn't working? I didn't come from much. Um, it was really a struggle growing up for my family. And I've always known that, Barry, nobody's going to leave anything for you. There will be no land somewhere worth millions that you would inherit. There would be no nothing. 
I literally had nothing. And the only thing I had was art. It was the only thing that I could hold on to and say this was mine. It didn't even matter if I could make a career from it. You know, it, making a career from it was, came as a shock to me, really. I just was doing it and then, oh, okay, it was getting to this direction. Wow, I didn't even know it. But the fact that it was the only thing I had made me so attached to it. I couldn't leave it. So that was really what kept me going. Even when um, it seemed so dark, it just felt like you have nothing but this thing. That's all you have. Yeah, that is all you have, Barry. And you can't be anything but this thing. And I thank God for that mentality because really, if you don't chase anything like that is all you have, you may never get it. You may never catch it. You think so? You know, um, I would I would explain I would explain it this way. The only reason I was able to land most of the opportunities I did was because I was one hundred percent paying attention to what it is I was doing. Let's say I had a day job. I'm just saying. Of course, I don't blame anybody who is having a day job and also being an artist. You know, I'm not saying you won't meet opportunities, but I'm speaking for myself here in this case. If I had a day job, I would almost be distracted every time something comes up. And I may never see it. The fact that I had complete focus on this thing made it very easy for me to spot opportunities and you know, to explore all the possibilities there, there, there are in it, you know, to promote myself or meet the right people, speak to the right people. You know, once there's distraction, once you are doing, chasing many things or many dreams, you may end up losing everything. And that is how me I say, I am one person to always attack one thing at a time. That is how it works for me. Also, even down to how I paint. I can only paint one painting at a time. Most times, I try. I try to paint multiple, but it just doesn't work. So that's how it's always been. I feel like to get there or to really harness everything there is in whatever you are doing, you have to put 100% in it. You have to be all about it. I remember a friend of mine who is into music came and asked me, he said, yo, Barry, I see that you've been able to you know, come around with this art thing. What do you, what would you advise me to do? And I told him, bro, you have to dream art because he's his music. You have to dream music. You have to speak music. You have to breathe music. <laughs> Whatever it is you want to do, let it be music, right? In fact, I am someone that back then, of course now is, is, is much better, back then, whoever I'm having a discussion with, if it's a stranger, whatever, it just has a way of ending up being art-related. And it felt like I was just some weird fellow, but that was just my life. That was all there was to me, you know. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. At this point in your life, what's the goal? What's the dream? What are you trying to achieve? Well, of course, I would love for my paintings to appear in certain spaces, 
next to certain artists, you know, the likes of Kenny Wiley, Amy Shroud, because I look up to um, painters like that. But really, what I am really looking forward to is just longevity. I'm looking for a lifetime of being an artist. That is what I dream for, for myself. I hope to be an artist for the longest, you know, explore, learn, grow, because art has a way of teaching a lot of discipline that, you know, you can really take out and it will also affect your everyday life, you know. So um, I really hope for, or I pray for longevity. I pray to do this because I enjoy it so much. I pray to do this for the rest of my life. And that is really the most important thing for me. Yeah, when you say art gives you a lot of discipline, in what sense are you speaking of? Okay, I would give an example. I wasn't um, always a patient person in life, generally. But the moment I became a painter, I learned patience. By itself, you know, you will learn it. From each medium, you will learn patience. From oil paint, you have to learn to wait for it to sit before you apply the next layer over it, right? Likewise for acrylic, it has its own lessons you learn from it. You know, you also, I don't know, you take care, when, once you find yourself taking care of art, you, the little, you know, you have to clean a brush, you have to really take care of your brush to be able to use it the next time, otherwise it dries and that brush is gone, you see? That really tells you that there are also little, something as little as brush is very cheap. You can buy it anywhere, you know, but it saves you not just the money, it saves you the time as well. So these little things that art helps us pay attention to, helps us even in our, you know, in other aspects of our lives. And I found out that generally I started becoming a more patient man, even to my friends, to family. I started learning to give people, um, to permit people's um, excuses, you know. So these really are the things I can't really state all or, you know, I can just give you a few of the experiences that I would say were very, you know, relatable that I've gotten from art. Yeah. Now, who are you learning from? Who are some of the people that inspire you? Okay, so it may sound very funny, but I learned from myself. One of my, one of the best ways I learn is from my previous work. So I'm also very critical about my work. Once I do, once I make a painting, I could already spot a number of places I should have done better. It's easy for me to also make sure I don't repeat my mistakes. So I always just learn from myself. Um, but of course, I look up to a number of artists, even artists on my that I am friends with or I'm close with, close to, you know, I made mention of Emir Shad, Kendi Wiley, artists close to me, myself that inspire me, you know, Okolo Oliva, Enuaye, Oluashi, um, Kale Jaitosin, Enoch Jr., like these artists motivate me and we go way back you know together because we've been pushing each other supporting each other 
and um, also, you know, we've just been there for each other. So these are really the artists that I would say inspire me personally. Yeah, yeah. It's 2023, obviously. What work have you been working on? Um, what are some of the projects that we can expect from you in the future? Well, my solo show is coming up um, next month, June, which is titled In Loving Memory of Love. And I have been working on that for like the longest now. And um, I'm almost done. Um, so that and then a few exhibitions here and there. But I mean, anyone who is following would um, be informed ahead of time. But for now, my the most important project that I have ongoing is my solo show. Yeah. Sounds exciting. Um, Barry, do you have any last words for our listeners? Is there anything else you want to share? I I would just advise anybody to be their most creative self. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, a touch of creativity in everything makes it better. Yeah. yeah. What would that practice look like if you want to be your most creative self? Um, I would say really not just following the crowd to do everything, you know, it's always okay to take a step back and observe closer and just make a move that works for you, not necessarily everybody. Okay. Okay. Uh, and lastly, Barry, in your own words, what's your definition for love? Definition of? Love, love. Love, I'll say trying. The fact that you keep trying... Yeah, that's my definition of love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for, for your time today. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for having me, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Jude. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Uh, I really love your work, so it was, it was good connecting with you and hearing your story as well. Thank you so much. I hope you resonate with other people. From making shawarma to like <laughs> selling shoes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Bye. I'll keep in touch. I'll keep in touch. Sure. Bye. Bye bye.